0: The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home.
3: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. Uh, Green Bay Packers podcast for the Blue Wire Podcast uh, Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am your host, Dumak, on a lovely, rainy Sunday morning. Joining me is my co-host Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing well. Doing well. The draft is over. The Packers have more players. We're breaking it down.
3: Specifically 13 more players. It's true. Big, big draft for the Packers. Um, as you all loyal listeners know, they picked up Lucas Van Ness in the first round on Thursday. And then proceeded to go a whole bunch of offense the rest of the draft to surround uh, Jordan Love with as much young talent as he can as he progresses um, into his first year starting. So without further ado, should we kind of jump into the draft and who they picked? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we'll go through each pick first. Like, We'll also give you the list of all of them, and then we'll do a little bit of a dive into each of these guys' Um for a little bit. So, um, Packers had two second round picks on Friday after, uh, acquiring one of them through the Aaron Rodgers trade with the Jets. They selected that 42 overall, uh, tight end, Luke Musgrave from Oregon state, and then traded pick 45 to another team who I forget who Detroit. I think it was Detroit. Um, but then they moved back to pick 50 and picked wide receiver Jaden Reed from Michigan state. Um, And then to finish out the draft on uh, Friday, they selected another tight end, Tucker Craft from South Dakota State, who uh, we had talked about on the offense for the the draft preview offense edition uh, podcast, and I said that was my target for a tight end in the third round if they couldn't get a tight end in the second round, but they double up on Friday. And then uh, Saturday, they kick off the, uh, the day drafting Colby Wooden from Auburn, a defensive lineman, an interior defensive lineman. Uh, Sean Clifford, a quarterback from Penn State. Dontavian Wicks, a wide receiver from Virginia. Carl Brooks, a interior defensive lineman from uh, Bowling Green. A kicker, Anders Carlson from Auburn. He is the brother of Daniel Carlson, I believe. Uh, former Raiders kicker, I think. Current Vikings kicker? Am I not mistaken? Uh, yeah,
2: flipped. Flipped? He, he used to be the Vikings kicker. Oh, okay. They caught him. Raiders picked him up. Little flip-flop. No flip flop.
3: Um, they drafted uh Carrington Valen, uh, Valentine, cornerback from Kentucky, Lou Nichols, a running back from Central Michigan, um Anthony Johnson Jr. a safety from Iowa State, and then uh, Grant Debose a wide receiver from Charlotte University. So we'll get into all of them individually in a minute here, but I guess initial process um thoughts Jordan just on. Basically going they had seven offensive players, five defensive players, and obviously the kicker. So, what are your thoughts on Goody's approach?
2: Um, very interesting. I think some of the biggest roster needs, not that this is the end-all be-all of how you would look at, you know, um adding through the draft, but you have one side of the spectrum of tight ends where they literally had two tight ends in the same night. Mm-hmm. Um, fortify that room and then safety on the, or on the other end, you have know, safety picked up at these Johnson seventh round pick, you know, I'm not saying that we're expecting him to be a starter, but considering that there's still uncertainty of what that looks like going into camp this year. And then throughout the whole year, you know, coming season. Um, I think those are the biggest kind of position groups that, looked like they needed to get filled very fast and they took different approaches to do that, um, which I thought was interesting. I think the general topic of getting Jordan lo- Love the help that he needs to really succeed in the first couple of years of his time on Green Bay, uh, you know, not everybody's going to thrive or, you know, succeed, but I think they went a long way in, Adding or taking as much flyers on wide receivers, tight ends, and you know, considering what they already have, um, the depth there is certainly good enough that you know, one would think that the number of players that you have in both the rooms would help love. And you know, you kind of go with the flow and how things adjust and who has who's healthy, who's not all that, you know, all the stuff that will. Follow over the next next you know couple of months and certainly when the season starts. But yeah, those are the probably the biggest ones that kind of jumped out to me once things kind of settled that for the draft. Right.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think I'll give my thoughts on tight end and then drafting the two of them on um, night two um, a little bit once we go through both of the tight ends. But um, yeah, same thing for me. Honestly, like I'm a big fan of surrounding Jordan Love with as much talent as he can to get the most out of him next two years. It's a I've said a lot over the past two months, but um, Goody did the same thing, taking a lot of bar receivers and a lot of tight ends just to take swings on to see what will work and who will work and who they can slot in to be um, really impactful weapons in this offense. Because you have two in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, three in Aaron Jones, and then you have your kind of fringe guys with, uh, Josiah DeGuire and AJ Dillon at times, like AJ Dillon is, was good in two years ago, but a little bit inconsistent, I think as a part of the coaching scheme last year. Um, but yeah, I think that just want to get as many chances, um, basically chances at players to see who can really contribute to an offense in a Matt LaFleur offense. So yeah, I think we'll, we'll see a lot, I think coming out of training camp too, which is obviously not for months and months, but I think that'll be a big, um, Indicator of just how they plan on utilizing all these, um, wide receivers and tight ends that they drafted.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll save more thoughts when we break it down. Yeah. Just the impact on what it means for obviously the players that they selected, but the players that may not be, you know, uh, secured in the future in green Bay. Mm. -hmm.
3: Right. Exactly. Um, Should we start with, obviously, the player uh, breakdown? Start with Luke Luke Musgrave, second-round pick? Yeah, let's do it. So Luke Musgrave was one of the guys I believe we both looked at in the the draft process, the preview process. Um, Out of Oregon State, didn't play a whole lot this past year because he sustained an injury and he was out for um, the season, I think. If they said, if he would have had surgery, it would have been like six to eight weeks, he would have had to have been out. But I think he just recovered naturally. I don't think he had surgery. Um, was cleared by um, doctors pre-draft to um, to play, so he's all good that way. Pardon my vamping while I pull up the uh, the draft guide to get all of his stats and such. But big pass-catching receiver. Um, I liked him. I thought he had a pretty good... Um, Route running, tree, as well as just did a very good job catching the ball with his hands. Depending on how well he can take some hits after catching the ball to increase his yard, his yards after catch, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really great pick. I preferred obviously Darnell Washington. You guys heard all of my uh, campaigning for the Packers to take him if he was there. Uh, he ultimately falls to the I think the fifth round to Pittsburgh. So. Good for him. I'm glad he got drafted like, at all, but there must have been some injury concerns that all the teams in the NFL were quite worried about. So um, specifically, it was his knee. Yeah. So yeah. and it being 6'8", 6'5", or he's pretty tall. Knee injury, uh, six six and a half. So um, knee injury, not the greatest for that guy that big. But um, Luke Musgrave, uh, four year player at um, at Oregon State. Really came on the last uh, two years. Had 22 receptions in um, 2021 and 11 in 2022. Not the most you'd like to see. I think uh, Mel Kuyper during the draft uh, show was talking about how you would have liked to have a tight end. Had more catching experience than he did um, coming out of the draft. But like I said, he had 22 catches in 13 games in 21. And then in two games in 22, he had 11 and so like he was basically on course to surpass his 2021 levels or, uh, stats in four games, essentially. So before he, before he got injured and four of his 11 catches in 2022, went for over 25 yards. So down the field threat and basically a guy that I can see, I don't want to say like replaced by my Italian, Cause I think that's Tucker craft. We'll see a little bit later. Um, but just another basically weapon. I'm I'm excited for two end, two, two tight end sets, which we'll as we can talk about now. But big jumbo packages where they just fill up the line and then throw Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft on one and both ends of the line and then have a uh, running back and a receiver out there and just let them go, let the run game flourish. So, um, what would you think of of Tucker Craft or not Tucker Craft? I'm sorry, Luke Musgrave as the pick here over some of the other ones that were still available.
2: Uh, certainly interesting um context too of of the start of the second round. We saw a bunch of tight ends go off the board. I think it was Sam Laporta that may have kind of started that run. He went to Detroit. Yep. Um, Trying to think of other tight ends that we kind of looked at that were within range. Mayor went there as well. Yes. Yeah. Did he go to Detroit?
3: No. He went to. I'm letting you know in a second. Uh, Sam Laporta went to the Detroit Lions. Michael Mayer yep. went the pick later to the to the Raiders. Ah, um, then that was it until uh, Luke Musgrave.
2: Uh, okay, um, so yeah, a lot of the players that we already talked about, you know, going into the draft, see a couple of big names go go off the board. Dalton Kincaid got selected at the end of the first round too. So it was kind of like, okay, let's see who they're gonna go. Obviously, at the time too, going into second round. They had Packers that picks 42 and 45. So you would have thought, you know, a skill position player is going to be selected. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they went with Musgrave at that point, I thought was interesting. I like what I've seen of him. I think my bias against what he, you know, his productivity, his background, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, learning more about where he came from, the you know, play at Oregon State. It wasn't like he was a four-year starter. He was a two-year starter. And one of those years he got hurt. Right. So that kind of obviously affects your production. Um, the fact that they were a mainly, you know, running style team doesn't help either. Mm-hmm. At the same time, that kind of fits in with how the Packers, I think are generally going to be moving yeah. forward. Um, And again, he has athletic tools, certainly the size. The thing about, and you hit it on the head right away, and we'll get into it with Tucker Craft too. Packers just needed big bodies for Jordan Love down the meal down uh, down the field, uh, threats, um, guys that can make catches in tight windows,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that can basically just you know think of the red zone creativity that can happen with guys like Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft. Big bodies are just going to win balls. That's that's basically what you want for. Uh, not a rookie quarterback but a first year starter quarterback right um in this day and age and i think from that lens i like what they did and i i especially like that they double dipped because it was such a glaring need based on where the roster stands that mm-hmm. they kind of covered their bases with both Musgrave and Craft and maybe it wasn't just the fact that you know Musgrave was you know is still getting back to 100% health, though I think I saw that he he must have played in the senior bowl, which was interesting. Um, given the fact that he had all his injury I stuff, I don't know if he did, but I'll look right now. Maybe I maybe I'm missing or mixing that up with Tucker Craft, but um, yeah, I was again, I, I think the theme too of, of all these picks is that I'm w- very whelmed by what the Packers selected and w- how they kind of judged. What they have, and then added where they did at the the picks that they had.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think he played. Yeah, looking at the Senior Bowl highlights, it looks like he did run routes and do stuff. I don't know if he had like full contact like in the game, but he did. Um, oh, okay. But he, he did like he did practice and whatnot. It was like he caught balls and did all that stuff but yeah i don't think he actually or maybe he did there's yeah looks like he needed they, they full scrimmages so yeah weird that the report of him being okay to play came out after the senior bowl but yeah <laughs> so but oh no, yeah so that's one of the big things for the packers if you haven't heard um not just you German, but you you as well listener um Packers love the Senior Bowl. Love it, love it, love it. Like they find a lot of their draft picks and who they're going to go for. Especially at, this year. Especially this year <laughs> at, the, at the Senior Bowl. So a bit of context to um, think about uh, into years forward um, when the Packers are thinking who they want to select because they value the Senior Bowl a whole bunch. So um, should we move on to the third round or the, the next pick, Jaden Reed? Let's do it okay um jane reed wide receiver out of michigan state uh, he was dane brugler's 10th ranked wide receiver um in this class real fast guy um a little on the shorter end 510 um but was a player at uh western michigan i think that was the year that pj fleck led them to a big um a big run if i'm not mistaken in 2018 um, but he, at Western Michigan, he was a freshman All-American and had a 93-yard punt returning punt return for touchdown. Um, I think that'll be part of why they drafted him is to take out Keisha Nixon back there, just in case like they want him to actually play a majority of his snaps at safety, or um, they just don't want to put him back there, which I disagree with. Like I think they should keep keep him back there as long as he's good. Um, probably just insurance at times, so. Yeah. Um, But then in 2019, he sat out due to transfer rules at Michigan State, since he transferred there. And then over his uh, three-year career at Michigan State, he played in 31 games, had just over 110 catches. Uh, I'm trying to do some math here. 2,100 yards at Michigan State to go with uh, 18 touchdowns. So a bit underrated coming out of the his senior year, it seems considering he was the 10th, um, I guess, rated prospect for our receiver in his class. But whole man is he fast. Um, <laughs> his combine uh, time was 445 uh, for his 40. And uh, I think I saw somewhere when they drafted him that the Packers had him at like a, at a four, like a high four threes, like 435 or 436 or something. This dude is very fast, very, very, very fast. I saw some uh, highlights of I think him at the Senior Bowl as well, putting some moves on the whatever defensive back he was going against. And I got the vapors, Jordan. I was I was sweating. He's he's got a great uh, a great break and it's a great uh, use of his speed to get open. And I was watching highlights and he can uh, jump up with the rest of them and catch some balls. He's got great ball tracking ability in air, like. There was a couple in the Wisconsin game. He simply just mossed whatever Wisconsin D-back was out there. But, um, yeah, he's he's talented. He's
2: talented. Very much so. I saw some, not criticism, but I think of, of, of the wide receivers available, again, mm-hmm. kind of context of players that are taking off the board right before the uh, Packers selected. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Mingo was uh, selected by the Ka- uh, Carolina Panthers at thirty nine. Um who else? There's another guy was that was, rice, was still there. Was she rice, I think was taken after. Yep. But he was a guy that oh, I know a lot of Packers fans and bloggers, podcasters were really in in, in the rice grain. I don't yep. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so it was maybe a little bit of a curveball that Jaden Ree was the selection here. Mm-hmm. But Jalen Hyatt was still available too. Jaylen, yes, that's the other guy that uh, I forget where he actually went to Tennessee.
3: Oh I, no, yeah, where, where he went, draft got- wise. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but based on what Jalen Reed did at Western Michigan and Michigan State, I you know you got to take right your hat to what he what he did production wise. Mm-hmm. Brings a ton of speed. A lot of guys like draft experts. I'll bring up uh, Tom McShay's. Post-draft recap right here in terms of best values for every team. He picked Jaden Reed, um, which kind of says something. You know, like Packers did a lot in terms of getting pass-catching weapons with tight ends, a couple of wide receivers, including Reed. The fact that Reed was picked for the or looked at as like as you know, undervalu or not undervalued, um, right value kind of guy that may have flown under the radar. Mm-hmm. Kind of speaks volumes to me, whether that matches up when he is on the field and when, you know, it's game time, we'll see. But I certainly like the fact that they added to the wide receiver room, got a speedy threat that kind of does a little bit of different things than Christian Watson and, um God, Romeo Dobbs. Yep. Um, but I think it's all going to hopefully <laughs> complement each other and – You know, they got another kick return specialist, which it's not nothing when Keyshawn Nixon's on a one year contract and, you know, easily. Yeah. It's going to be this a big storyline year after year of just like getting someone in the door that could do something like that because of how bad Amari Rogers was.
3: Yeah. I think that's um, a great point. Excuse me. A great point on sort of why they drafted him make sure they have insurance in this case something happens with Keyshawn next and he might leave next year. But um, overall, I think he was the sixth wide receiver to come off the board after the, the, the four player run in the first round. And then um, Jonathan Bingo was drafted to the Giants, I believe, or not, not the Giants um, shortly before Panthers, Panthers. Thank you. Um, shortly before the Packers pick at 42. So um, yeah. So four ish picks prior to what the uh dame brugler had about in at his rank so i'm not too concerned about it i think it says a lot like i think a player that produces a whole bunch in college like i am more okay with reaching on than like a a prospect type of guy like basically like i'm trying to think of like an example if you have a guy that comes out of college and you you know he's talented you know he's athletic he just needs to have the reps I'm more nervous about that guy than a four-year starter who puts up a whole bunch of numbers for like a fine program or a bad program, essentially. Yeah. You just know that he can do it right. He has the reps. He has the knowledge. He has all of the game experience to be a good quarter or wide receiver in the NFL. He just needs to prove himself at that next level, which I think he can. He has elite speed. And like I said, his ball tracking ability in the air was incredible. Yeah, watching highlights of it. It's it's really, really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he'll be a slot guy for sure, which is exactly what the Packers needed to have Christian Watson on one side, Romo Dobbs on the other, and then Jaden Reed in the uh, in the slot. I don't think there's going to be a easy way, whether it be this year or next year, if it takes um a little bit for the offense to become cohesive it's gonna be hard to keep a, a top on this offense between Christian Watson speed and um, Jaden Reed's speed.
2: Yes, that was the biggest thing for any wide receiver that I was looking at. Is like it's why Jalen Hyatt was certainly on my radar. Of like mm-hmm. you just need someone that like I, I ideally like this is kind of a weird comp, but a guy like John Brown, yeah, who always whether it was I think he was with the Cardinals, Ravens, Bills, he always finds his way on teams and just runs down the field faster than everybody else. And if someone like Jaden Reed is a diary, screw up his name. No, Jaden Reed. Reed. There's a lot of Jaden and Jalen. So I'm just well, like,
3: when they drafted Jaden Reed, I was spoiler. Alert, I was going to the bathroom and I was watching this because <laughs> I had to go and the Packers were picking. So I couldn't miss it. And I was washing my hands and they picked it and they went, I heard Jaden, I went, Oh, cool, they picked Jalen Hyatt. And then I heard Jaden Reed I'm like, that's not how you say his name. <laughs> and then I look and when it says Michigan, so I'm like I don't know who this is. Like, who did it pick? And so yeah, I thought they drafted Jalen Hyatt. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. But yeah, uh, watching Jaden Reed, uh, or Jaden Reed's highlight stuff was uh has me optimistic.
2: Yeah, same.
3: Um I think that's all I have to say on Jaden Reed. You wanna move on to Tucker Craft? Let's do it. Perfect. Um, Like I said at the top, Tucker Craft, one of the guys, or was my pick in the third round offense draft preview, Um, ultimately has a lot of uh, shades of Dallas Goddard, and that's just not like helmet watching because Dallas Goddard Goddard also went to South South Dakota State, but just the same type of prospect in which that he is a great ball catcher okay blocker but he can definitely um learn to develop into that better blocker um in his career at south dakota state he had um two years starting essentially uh 20, 2021 and 2022 in 21 he played 15 games 65 receptions for 780 yards that's first team all-american and first team all-conference for the mountain valley football conference i believe um twenty twenty-two, he played nine games and started eight of those, twenty-seven receptions, uh three forty eight for yards and three touchdowns. Um missed six games with a right ankle injury. Um but yeah, another guy that just can just catch the ball and be a threat downfield. I think I think he reminds me of Bobby Tunyon more than Luke Musgrave does. Like I like a, a relatively slower guy, um, four six nine on his forty, but just able to catch the ball quite well with his hands and not as not his uh his chest and get down the field then get catches over the middle. Like I think that's going to be the biggest plus to drafting Luke Musgrave and um Tucker Kraft is Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love are going to be throwing the ball over the middle a whole lot and put you can throw Jaden Reed into this honestly too is there's going to be a lot of routes going over the middle this season I hope at least and these three rookies have an opportunity to, to find a role for themselves in this offense if they can catch the ball over the middle and turn some of those catches into some pretty decent yards after catch plays. Um, And that also opens up the field for Christian Watson down the field, throw a bunch of slants over the middle and then uncork it to Christian Watson on a a deep run. It's pretty basic day one offense. So Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of him. He'll be a, a prospect or a project for sure. Um, just to get him to be a better blocker and um, refine those pass-catching abilities. But overall, I'm thrilled with the pick, frankly.
2: Yeah, I was... You were on the train, the Tuck Craft train. Um, that's to your own horn, or your horn, because it's not my <laughs> own. Um, but overwhelmingly came away with, like, I think watching the draft, and we were on the Discord, Join the Discord, by the way, because it's very fun uh, following along with the draft and seeing all the crazy selections and weird players that can't pronounce picks uh, on draft night. Anyway. you find the Discord? Oh, you can find it at gspn.info. That, no. Um, <laughs> um I want to lift this from PFF in a column that is titled Most Improved Rooms Vers- and Least Improved Rooms for Teams After the NFL Draft. Bay Packers tight ends falls into the most improved room yep. with both Musgrave and Tucker Craft. And here's a little bit for Tucker Craft. He averaged 2.32 yards per route run in 2022, and 7.7 7 yards of his 12.9 yards per reception came after the catch. That is yakity yak. I love yak. Um, <laughs> yeah, sacks. yeah, yakety sacks. But yeah, we won't call sacks because yeah, um, yeah, another big body can really move well. Guy that basically was ever since he committed to South Coast State had offers from D one schools, um, including Alabama, including Alabama, which again says something. Mm-hmm. Did not want to go. Stuck it out. Good for him. And, again, he's a second round pick. That's very impressive to do that from a D2 school. I know it's becoming a little bit more normalized now, and you're going to find those... Third round pick, by the way. Third round? Tucker Craft? Yeah. Damn. It's okay. It's okay. No. <laughs> um Is
3: it a lot of picks?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of picks. Uh Anyway, still to kind of be selected... At a, from a school that you know is getting up there in terms of like turning, turning out NFL talent or uh-huh. players that are drafted, stuff like that. It's still not easy. That's no. overwhelmingly, there's a lot of picks, but it's still not easy to do that, um, given the circumstances. So, yeah, very impressed by him. And again, I think just having I really like that they got two tight ends. I, I really do.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that. The two tight ends we got again, obviously, I was on the Darnell Washington trade. That's that trade has come to a an abrupt stop. But with Luke Musgrave and uh, Tucker Craft, they have opportunity to be tight ends one and two. Packers on the roster right now have Austin Allen, Tyler Davis, Josiah DeGuire, and Nick Gogamos um, as their tight ends, and throw Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft into that mix, and I don't see. Like there there's there's realities where they, they're tight ends one and two. Like Josiah Deguire and Tyler Davis have um each four years experience, but they ha- weren't the most inspiring the past couple years. Like I think they were always players we were hoping to take that next step and they just never really did. Maybe it was lack of opportunity or just didn't get to the playing time, I suppose, but um yeah, I think Tyler Davis in particular was a guy that we were all hoping to be sort of the wide receiver tight end hybrid that would really help out this offense and just never came to fruition. So it'll be a training camp battle for sure between those six tight ends to see who gets who makes the roster and who kind of gets um, gets Knicks. But I think for sure Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft will make the roster. The two other guys, Nick Agamos and Austin Allens, I hadn't heard of before. They're probably just Pride Squad guys. But... Whether Josiah Duara and Tyler Davis make the roster will be a big question in July and August because yep, who knows if they will deserve to or how it goes with their training camp and in the preseason. But if Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave are having great camps and great preseasons, then I don't know if there's a reality where they keep four tight ends. I hope there isn't. There probably shouldn't be.
2: No, I, I, I would doubt that. And yeah, it's going to be one of the more competitive Mm trade kit battles um going into the or i guess preseason
3: yeah going into the just the season in general
2: yeah um yeah i that's that again part of the reason why you (laughs) you draft two tight ends in you know high draft picks you're kind of putting the guys on notice that are unproven have battle through injuries obviously but like you know, it's so it was so uncertain going into the draft, and now it's you have more guys to rely on that could really make their mark on this team right away, mm-hmm. and it just ups your game even more.
3: Yeah, I think best case scenario for this team is they find a they they, they found a tight end tandem that can carry this offense for years to come. Like that's that's high ceiling um, expectations for them, but. I think it's something they most certainly um, are capable of if they develop properly. It might yeah. take a couple of years to get there, but I think there's potential for them to become a pretty great um, tandem in the NFL.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Shall we move on? Anything else, Tucker Craft?
2: No. No. I think we kind of covered the bases there. Sweet.
3: Um. Back to defense. In the fourth round, I believe. Now I'm second-guessing myself. Uh, yeah, in the fourth round. Colby Wooden, the defensive lineman out of Auburn. Uh, big guy, 6'4", 273. Um, started 36 games out of his 40 played in um, in college. He had four games he played uh, in 2019, but otherwise he was a three-year starter at Auburn. Uh, 42, 61, and 45 tackles, uh, 4, 5, and 6 sacks. He had three forced fumbles uh, just this past year, and then two pass deflections in 2021 and one in 2020. Um, he had a blocked field goal. In twenty twenty one, so a special, a special teamer along with um just being a solid defensive lineman. Um we'll talk about the special teamers a little bit later too when it comes to uh Rich Versace's sort of role in the draft. Um but his sophomore year, he was uh SEC all well he redshirted looking at I think he, he might have gotten um injured in twenty nineteen. I think that's why he got was able to redshirt yeah his second year playing, because he still played in four games, 2019. His second year playing was his freshman year, quote-unquote. He was an SEC All-Freshman team and led the team in sacks and tackles for lost. So, um, watching his tape, um, big guy, quick, ran a four seven nine forty. That's pretty fast for an interior defensive lineman. Um, I think you noted it in your notes that you shared with me, but um, a big interior defensive lineman that also worked off of the edge. So a lot of um, flexibility in where you can kind of throw him should he need to be fill in for an injured guy or give the offense a different look as to where they're putting him. So um, in his in his highlights, just strong, I was watching him take two hands and throw guards out of the way. So if he can do that at the NFL level, you're fine by me, buddy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, this is uh, R-A-S... RAS. Um, That's pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) Um, Pretty good. (laughs) Uh, At your point of versatility, he, I think they're looking at every draft person, whether it's Brugler or I guess Kuiper, Daddy Kelly from the Ringer, who's good too, McShea, always pegged him as a defensive lineman, which is interesting. Um, but he's added 50 pounds since going to Auburn. Auburn, 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 um, Auburn. Um, so yeah, he certainly has built his body into being more of a defensive lineman. And I don't know, kind of interesting pick. I thought another thing too, I, I, my scouting hat for day two, I was kind of thinking, like, well, I know they got Van Ness, but I did think you could say who was still left. I mean, We saw the, out of time, were out of Barra. Yep. That's terrible. <laughs> um, he fell out to round four. Yeah. So you still available going to day three. Um, some of the other guys that we looked at too, or. Um, Keanu Benton was picked right before Jaden Reed. Yep. Um, so that so basically, like I felt like the Packers could have easily added more to their defensive line um, on day two. So still kind of on the lookout of like okay, still not quite as solid as I would have or anybody would have liked going into uh, day three. Getting wooden kind of helps that. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see if he could put more pressure on the guys that like T.J. Slade and Jonathan Ford. Kind of the guys that have gotten snaps, but nowhere near secure as Kenny Clark, Mm -hmm. certainly Devontae Wyatt. Um, And obviously with Dean Lowry gone, you kind of open up more snaps for, uh, you know, a third rotational defensive lineman to kind of, you know, eat up there. So, yeah, I think Wooden has a good shot there, but you never know.
3: Yeah, definitely. uh, um, Like draft and stash kind of player, just like. Get him and start working with him to refine some of his his uh, his techniques and his get him stronger. Um, Brudler said his upper body power is kind of lacking, and that um just late to reacting to some of the things that are happening at the line of scrimmage. So, I think it'll all just be a a process with Colby Wooden. Great name for a Packer, though. Got to love the Colby. Yes. Driver. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I guess we'll just see how it goes. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of the depth personally. Just to have him be behind uh, Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark. See all the Slaytons perform and see how you can develop. I think this is just a good a good depth pick. Just because in his highlights that I was watching on on YouTube, I was love loving it. Like he was getting around guards, he was forcing fumbles, and had good instincts of when he was too too deep and losing the edge. Like cause he's, he was too far upfield, essentially, he had to spin to go around. A lot of good instincts and in where he was. Able to rein in his pass rush to be more controlled rather than just pure power, which is good at times, but I don't think he has the pure power in general to like push back a guard on like a bull rush. So, but yeah, I'm a big fan. Anything else on uh, Colby Wooden?
2: Nope. I think we can go on to the Tavion Weeks.
3: Close. That's the next pick after this one.
2: God, why am I screwing this up?
3: Because there's so many.
2: <laughs> I know there are.
3: 13. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Sean I forget. Yeah. He's got that big red dog in him. Quarterback <laughs> out of Penn State. Um I think this was an inevitability um for the Packers. Not Chunks yes. in general, but a, a quarterback. Um, yep. Goody and I think LaFleur talked pre draft saying they wanted to get a third arm in the quarterback room. Um just to ha- obviously just to have one and we, we discussed it if we wanted them to draft one or sign one of the few older veterans out there. Um, good thing they got both. They drafted a, a veteran who is three months older than Jordan Love. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, 23rd uh, QB in uh, Brugler's draft. Um, was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, 61.4% completion percentage. 10,000 yards, 86 to 31 touchdown to interceptions. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at him too much, but I think he just kind of looks at me as a pretty much uh third string quarterback that's going to be there for depth issues should they need them.
2: Yeah, I was, uh, first of all, I was not surprised. Just want to hit this home. Not surprised that the Packers selected a quarterback to ruin Jordan Love's era. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, they, they basically didn't really hide that they were going to do this. Brian Gunkunz in his pre-draft conferences um, talked about adding another quarterback. They were not just settled with two quarterbacks between Love and Danny Edling. Right. Um, short, uh, Sean Clifford was a guy that they interviewed um going into it so it's clear that they liked him. With that said, a lot of the draft scouts, like uh Dame Brugler, Mel Kuyper, I think too, um, basically said this guy was they thought of him as a undrafted free agent kind of quarterback.
3: Hmm.
2: Interesting. Does that you know I'm I i do not know. I it's so hard because it's like we know next to nothing of, like, how this is going to translate on the pro level. Right. And quarterbacks, I believe, I have it up here, there were quarterbacks? 14 quarterbacks selected in the draft, and Sean Clifford was the 11th oh. in the fifth round. Okay. Brian, Brian Gukun said after the draft that they thought that he was going to be gone from – where they were basically slated to go in the fifth round or the first of their fifth round picks, um, which is interesting because it doesn't necessarily match up with consensus, whether that's him kind of shielding himself from criticism of taking a quarterback that people thought were go- was going to be an undrafted free agent. Who knows? But you add depth to the room. You add a competition battle for, you know, who's going to be the backup, essentially. Yeah, um, There are things that Sean Clifford... Can do well. Uh, it's clear that he does have process things and can make things happen on the move if things break down. I don't think he's the necessarily great kind of, you know, pure quarterback pocket passer kind of thing like that. I think he had like a 61, uh, 61 completion percentage over his career at Penn State. Yep, that's right. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go up in arms about it just because. It was something that they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Whether I would have done that with a veteran or not, you know, we talked about it before. This is how the Packers did it with Aaron Rodgers when he eventually was a starter. They right. drafted a quarterback at a higher pick with Brian Brom in two thousand eight, and had Crank Dahl, I believe, too, at the same time. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not. My expectations are not high with Sean Clifford. It's purely on Jordan Love and of course we're, the worst thing happens and he gets hurt knock on wood um, we will see how Sean Clifford fares Clifford fares in those opportunities but right. yeah
3: um, in your monologue there I pulled up some highlights just watching him and the rushing numbers make a whole lot of sense after watching his tape he has like happy feet in the pocket and he wants to run yeah. way earlier in the um, the breakdown of the play than i think makes for a good quarterback like does that make sense like he almost looks at his first read sees that he's not open and then runs and he's got good running numbers he had 116 carries for 400 yards um in 2019 99 rushes in both 2020 and 2021 for 335 and 163 yards and then 69 rushes for 176 yards in um, his senior year, this past year, um, but yeah, it didn't look like it was running to run. Like it was, it wasn't like a run play, like a designed quarterback draw or anything like that. It looked like he had gone through his very his progressions very fast, and then decided, nope, I'm gonna take off. And he, when he saw a hole open up, which is fine, but I would rather have a better pocket passer than. A quarterback that can run well, pretty much is how I am. Because there wasn't a whole lot of um, highlight. We're, we're a whole lot of highlights of him rolling out, using his legs to roll out and then throw a pass. It was okay. I'm throwing from the pocket, or I'm getting these yards with my legs. So take that how you may. Yep. But again, that's four and a half minutes of YouTube highlights. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Anything else on the big red dog, Mr. Clifford? No. Take that as a no. No,
2: I think mean, we can move on.
3: <laughs> Next one is Dontavion Wicks. Oh baby. Did I watch some highlights last night? I am excited for uh Dontavion Wicks. Wide receiver from Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. You are um, correct? Yep. Um, I gotta pull up some of his stats here. But, truth be told, doesn't matter a whole lot because I love his, his just build and everything else. He reminds me a lot, a lot, a lot of Romeo Dobbs. Um, in his college career, 90 receptions, 1,600 or just about 1,700 yards, 12 TDs, and the biggest issue, uh, 15 drops. So, we'll get into the, the drops later, but, um, holy moly. I was watching highlights of him last night just entranced with his tape. He has elite jumping and ball-like snagging skills. There's a couple, or I think there's one, I forget who who they're playing, but basically Mossed, two receivers in the end zone for a touchdown. Just jumped over both of them, grabbed it, and came down two feet and bounced, touchdown. Just really, really great skills. There's another one where um, they're facing Georgia Tech, running a slant over the middle, just jukes out the entire offense, or the entire defense. Like, very elusive guy. Um, there is one other one where he caught the ball on a screen, put his foot in the ground, and juked out his covering cornerback and then ran 45 yards for a touchdown. Like, he's just got good breakaway speed, but really elusive athletic guy to be throwing the ball to. So I think getting the drops fixed will be the biggest part of his game and what will define him essentially as an NFL wide receiver if you can – fix that issue um if he can i think he has the opportunity to be a pretty awesome wide receiver at the nfl level
2: yeah it's he might have the most fascinating arc of any packers pick Mm -hmm. actually i take that back there's another packers pick that we'll get to that had an interesting background and story but in terms of like he was either really really good or you know he missed the entire season with a list rank injury, which is a foot injury. Um, last his senior season was incredibly disappointing. He had nine drops, I think like 30 catches. Yep. All that stuff. A new offense, too, that he didn't necessarily adapt to, you know, based on what I read. But you look at his junior season, 57 catches, 1203 receiving yards, which is a lot of big plays, yards at the after the catch. <laughs> Um, material nine touchdowns. That was more than half of his college stats.
1: Yeah,
3: it was two thirds of it. He had twelve hundred as his, his uh, junior season and seventeen hundred total.
2: Yeah, like ridiculous. And I think I read too that he did test draft waters last year and decided to come back. And you know, frankly, I don't think he would have been a fifth rounder pick if that was the case last year. You know what I mean? Like so. I think they even said on the broadcast of like the talent is there. There are things that have to be fixed, clearly. Does have some injury red flags or things that have curtailed his seasons for him. But if you believe that Dontavian Nix is Vicks, sorry, is the guy that you saw for, as a junior of uh, Virginia, mm-hmm. then it's even more reasonable that they the Packers selected him then se- selected him when they did. Um, that might be you know a case of finding someone that was undervalued in this track class, mainly by his own doing, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's where I'm kind of like Jada Reed is. I'm excited, excited by. It, but I think I don't know. I, I I find something a little bit more fascinating with Dontavian Nix Wicks. God damn it.
3: Yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, just in general of if we can get junior year dante Van wicks then we're sitting pretty we're sitting real pretty um but yeah i think it'll just be a lot of um work to get those drops reined in as well as just making sure that um he's just ready for the nfl um and i think he has time to do it right he has christian watson and romeo dobbs ahead of him along with now probably Jaden reed samari Touré. depending on how he develops might be a little bit ahead of him as well but i think for sure he'll be um on the roster come come uh September just because of his pure talent and if he does well in camp and really shows out kind of like how Romo Dobbs did this past year then I don't see a reason why he couldn't be a part of this offense this this his rookie year. Absolutely. Big big, big excited for that one. Big excited mm-hmm. for him, um, Next up Carl Brooks, defensive lineman mm. of Bowling Green. Um, Going over some of the notes that you had uh, drafted up, 100, 167 tackles, 46 tackles for loss, 27 sacks, six forced fumbles, and uh, over four years at Bowling Green. So obviously Bowling Green, not the most elite of programs, not the biggest of programs, but any kind of production like that, you're going to... You're gonna show up on some draft boards. <laughs> yeah, me, uh, that's pretty insane to have six force fumbles and 27 sacks in four years. That's what seven sacks a year, just about. That's crazy. He had
2: he had 10 this uh, this past year and 18 tackles for losses, which were wow, both uh, leading the MAC conference, I think. Maxion. A little action from a, a Paction.
3: Led his team in sacks and over his first three, um, first th- three years in twenty eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. The twenty stat is a little bit misleading because he only played three games and had two sacks and led his team. I'm not sure if that's a typo from Dame Brugler, but if if he led the team with two sacks, uh, I think that says a lot about his team. <laughs> <laughs> Um. But yeah. Ten sacks last year is incredible, incredible. Um, just looking at some of the notes from uh, the Beast, um, Dane Brugler says he has a unique patch of tools, um, but creates questions about his um ideal position, or fit at his position, but has light feet and urgent hands to be a gap disruptor. So that kind of speaks to me like a run blocker kind of guy. Um, best projects to be. Uh, three technique player who can be flexed up and down the line. So I didn't get a chance to watch any tape on him, but I did. You did? How would
2: you look? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of more intrigued by him than wooden. Really? Throw it out there. Yeah. Uh, lowest Packer to be drafted with, or lowest RAS for a Packer to be drafted, he was a 5.88. Um, but consistently a guy that was, I think even Dave Brugler wrote it, that at some point you kind of have to, everything with the testing, you kind of have to discount when a guy is making plays as much as he is. And another guy that transformed his body, he added more weight. I think it was, let me go to my notes here really quick. Um, Actually, I may be wrong about that. Uh, But basically converted from a linebacker to more of a, D line guy, kind of pseudo edge, kind of tweener, basically. Um, and I don't know. I I think the thing too is that like you just want to see someone every once in a while. You kind of want to just kind of like okay, this guy's super fast, super athletic, blah blah blah. blah. Mm. If the production isn't there though, do you really you know value that so much over and over again? where guy like Carl Brooks who coming off an incredibly good year I know wasn't the highest talent you touched on that too or uh competition level around him but it's a nice dart throw the guy could be exactly what the Packers need on the line and just versatility that was another thing they got a lot of defensive line help, but it's guys that can line up on the edge, line up in the middle of the defense over gaps, whatever it's, they're going to have a lot of versatility in ways that will be hopefully more welcomed when, you know, as time goes on and, you know, we'll see how Joe Barry implements all that stuff, because that's another, another question mark, but for right now, getting a guy like Carl Brooks, who easily could be a diamond in the rough. I'm kind of, kind of a little bit more intrigued by him than Colby would and I just have to say.
3: Yeah. That definitely understand the the hype on that end. If that's the the route you're choosing to go, I I don't blame you, then. This this jump off the page to me. So, um, next up, Anders Carlson, the the kicker from once again Auburn. Um, not the most inspiring pick. I think this might have been like the one misfire that the Packers had, um, in the draft. He had a. Uh, some accuracy issues, um, at Auburn that Goody attributed to just general injuries, but didn't have, still had accuracy issues before injuries. Um, 71% field goal percentage throughout his career, um, had 60%, 15 of 25 as a freshman, 18 of 25 as a sophomore, 20 of 22 as a junior, and then 14 of 21, um, as a senior, and then twelve of seventeen as a fifth year senior. Senior. Um, this kind of looks to be the Mason Crosby replacement if they can't get a deal done with him for this year and future years. Um, but definitely like a sort of a question mark. I'm not. I'm not like saying that's a misfire to draft a kicker because it's whatever. But I wish they would have had like drafted a kicker that was more for sure than Anders Carlson was. And that's not to say that there's anybody I'm really set about missing out on, missing out on, um, in the sixth round, the last pick of the sixth round. But, at the same time, it's just it's like, you can find free agency kickers, free agency kickers, right? Like, most of the, some of the best kickers ever were undrafted free agents. Like, Adam Vinatieri was an undrafted free agent. Like, a lot of them just don't get drafted because they're so fickle and and Their ability, right? Kickers are kickers,
2: so yeah, it's such a it's it's uh, what is the phrase? Oh, it's basically all or nothing. You're judged by your success and you're oh, judged okay. by your failures, yeah. You know, what I mean, exactly. zero sum game,
3: yeah. There's a lot of variance in kickers, so um, but at this point, I think this is sort of where the rich um, Basaccia influence comes in. If you want a kicker, he knew, um. Daniel Carlson, first time with the, from his time with the Raiders. So, if he believes in him, then I'm gonna believe Rich. So, we'll see how it goes.
2: Um, third ranked kicker on Dame Brugler's uh, beast. Um, I will say as much as his numbers are overwhelming, he did he was uh twenty for twenty two as a junior, um, in twenty twenty yeah, so ninety percent of his kicks. Did you know? What did you? Let's do a little trivia. Oh, God. What do you think Mason Crosby's career field goal percentage was during his four years at Colorado?
3: And this is purely a guess in context of why you asked me this question 75%. 74.7%.
2: <laughs> Dale, or sorry, Andres Carlson, uh, was seventy one point eight percent.
1: Right.
3: Yeah.
2: Also, it, both were selected in the sixth round. Just throwing that out there. Just
3: I think on. it's just it's it's a it's a process game, right? Like some of the best kickers in college don't make for good NFL kickers. It's just it's just how it is. Like I, I couldn't tell you the last time we saw a kicker. It's happened a couple of times just since I've been like paying attention as an adult um, of kickers being like oh this kicker could be pretty useful at the next level maybe you spend like a third round pick on him and then it just doesn't turn out like it's they're 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 so fickle as players like I, I yep. always think of the Blue Mountain State kicker when I think of kickers in general like they just have <laughs> they just have their processes and they have their um, their yips and then if they can't get over it it's unfortunate that that's their career like Daniel Carlson was bad in Minnesota And he goes to a new kicker or a new team and finds it and has been quite the good kicker for the Raiders. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's there's so much noise in kickers that I'm not really concerned of them drafting one because they knew that they might need one this year. So,
2: yep, door is still open for Mason Crosby. But if you're we'll see, I'm not holding my breath that Mason Crosby comes for comes back for another season. And ultimately, it's his decision whether he wants to or not. It's not the Packers.
3: Um, next pick, Packers picked Carrington Valentin, cornerback from Kentucky um, in the 7th round, it picked 232 these are the last 20 picks of the 7th round um, some of your notes 28th ranked cornerback in Brugger's uh, Beast was a 3 star coming out of college um, had 119 tackles um, 1 interception and 2 sacks um, in his career at Kentucky a little bit shorter but a big athlete, 5'11", under two, uh, 193 pounds, on a four-four-four and a nine-two-nine nine on the uh, athletic score, so basically a Packers pick for a late-round shot. <laughs> so yeah, big. He'll probably be a special a special teamer. He'll probably be a gunner. Frankly,
2: yeah, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. Um, also, something that stood out in Burglar's notes about from his beast, uh, he noted his volatile tape in 2022 he allowed eight completions of 25 plus yards um that's not great no,
3: but it's not great at all
2: no expectations are very low for a guy that is essentially going to be a special team uh right away and you know if he puts it all together and becomes rotational defensive back or higher that'd be great but you know at this point we are purely in dart throw territory yeah exactly
3: um i had nothing else on him. you want to keep us keep moving yeah well, <laughs> let's keep going <laughs> um Lou Nichols the 3rd um running back out of was C- Central Western I think it's Central Central Yeah, Central Michigan. Um I am a big fan of this pick despite it being the 7th round. Um I don't know how he fell all the way to the 7th. Um as a 2-year starter in at Central Michigan his junior year uh or technically his redshirt sophomore year um, three hundred and forty-one carries for eighteen hundred and forty-eight yards, and sixteen touchdowns, four, 40 catches and three hundred thirty-eight yards for two touchdowns. Mac Offensive Player of the Year, I'd say so. Like, this guy is a fantastic dart throw. Um, in twenty twenty-two, nine games, one hundred and seventy-six uh, carries, six hundred and sixteen yards, six touchdowns. Um, missed three games with a toe injury, but. That's a lot of yards, Jordan. That's a lot, a lot of, of yards. That's a lot of potential if you could put him behind the right line. Like, I don't think he'll be playing anytime soon, but kind of fills out as a AJ Dillon replacement. 5'10, 2'20. I don't know.
2: I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Not saying that
3: AJ Dillon needs to be replaced, but. No, no, no. Like, but it's, if it's covering Jordan,
2: bases. Yeah, yep. Covering yeah. bases is right. Um, yeah, because we're already, this will be year four of A.J. Dillon, right? Because he was in the yes. love drive. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, certainly the production there as a junior was very impressive. Not so much as a senior, but I kind of in the Wicks mold of like, well, it's on the tape. You're gonna you know, 2,100 plus all-purpose yards is not gonna just go away. So yeah, just a matter of how many opportunities he gets behind Aaron Jones, and AJ Dillon, but it, making the most of those opportunities is basically what you can do for a seven without a guy that is fighting for a spot on the 53 and, 53 man roster.
3: Right. I think it's more likely he'll be a, uh, he'll either be the, the third running back
2: like Patrick Taylor.
3: Yeah. Trying to, let me see if I can find quickly um, who their running backs are currently on the roster. Uh, Patrick
2: Taylor, Tyler Goodson.
3: Yep, yeah, and then the two the two starters. Adrian yep. Allen and Aaron Jones. So yeah, depending on how they see Patrick Taylor or Tyler Goodson this offseason, um basically the same situation that Lou Nichols will find himself in as they did last year, trying to figure out a way on the team. So we'll see. I could see him being either third string running back or Pride Squad running back, which I'd be a fan of either way. So um Moving right along. That's good by you. Yep. Um, Lost my tab. Um, Anthony Johnson Jr. Anthony Johnson Jr., the safety out of Iowa State. Um, 5'11", 205. Had two interceptions his senior year to go with 60 tackles and one forced fumble. Six pass deflections. Um, Had consistent production over his four years, it looks like. 60 tackles, 40 tackles, 55, 60. Um, seven tackles for a loss, two, three, one, and then. Um, but had ten pass deflections. His, I think, what would what would be his sophomore year? Yeah, in twenty nineteen, made honorable mention All Big Twelve each year, and was second team All Big Twelve his senior year. It was moved to safety, um, in twenty twenty two. So cornerback throughout college, until he was moved to safety prior to this past year. So do with that information what you may on the safety issue
2: yeah um again lifting from dame brugler's beast uh he noted his character experience functional size speed as traits for why johnson will at least be an nfl player for some time um from antidote anecdotes of what he was like in college apparently like one of the best human beings very down to earth guy. Yeah. All this stuff that, you know, again, another part of the reason why you want to see these guys succeed is that they're a lot of these guys are good people. Um, and that's certainly good to have on your team. Um, yeah. You mentioned it too. Safety is kind of a new position for him um, and succeeded as well as you can. Uh, 17th ranked safety in Brugler's class or uh, I guess Burglar's estimation. Mm-hmm. Um, and a fifth. To sixth round draft grade, um, in his mind too. So, so kind of, yeah, a little bit of a steal there. So yeah, kind of uh, intrigued, but I also know that <laughs> the Packers do need more uh, help in the safety department. So uh, we'll see whether where they go with that.
3: Right. Then the last pick, uh, wide receiver Grant uh, Dubose out of Charlotte. Um, played two years. He didn't play in the COVID season, but in his, well, I think it's his junior. Yeah. Junior and senior year, 62 catches and 64 catches for 900 and 800 yards. And had six catches or touchdowns and nine touchdowns, um, over those last two years. Um, pretty fast, four five, seven. I should say pretty fast, but average, average quickness, but, um, Brewer talks about just Again, lifting from the beast, um, plays a lot of body fluidity and has a lot of catch point talent that increases his chances of finding a permanent permanent home in the NFL. Um, but has work to do as not just a jump ball um, pass catcher. So, if anything, just another dart throw similar to Samari Tori.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I was mentioned earlier about like good. Feel good stories. Mm-hmm. Grant DeBose, DeBose? Yep. DeBose. Uh, has probably one of the more, it's very Marjan Beauchamp level of COVID. Um, he was at a Division II school, Miles College. They wiped out their football program, at least for the 2020 season. Um, he commits there, goes back home to Montgomery, Alabama. Works like three part time jobs, including at Walmart. Basically, tried out at Charlotte and made the team. And now you're a seventh row draft pick. That's in a span of two years, essentially, right? Or two and a half. Um, precious stuff. And again, another dart throw, but another wide receiver. We'll see what they can do. Samari Touré was he was a seventh round pick last year, too, right?
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, so. You know, there'll be a little bit of competition on that regard, but I don't know. It, that's the fun part of the draft is seeing where these guys come from and then how they can make their mark. And you know, they've already battled through plenty of adversity just to get to this point. It's a whole new ball game, obviously, just making the NBA, or NBA, NFL and succeeding. But you know, they it's a lot of work, a lot of effort just to get to this point. It's it's good to see these guys have their moments when that can happen.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That wraps up the draft for the Packers. I give them a solid B plus a minus. Honestly, I really liked the draft. I really liked how they probably how they went about it.
2: Um, I would say so too. I think that's a lot of where people are a lot of grades I've seen Mel Kiper, Tom McShay, GFF, I believe had it for B plus as well. I don't know. I just, there's a nice blend of, they got the help that they need for Jordan Love. It's clear that wide receiver and tight end were one of the biggest you know position groups that they needed to address. Obviously, there are a lot of position groups that they needed to address, but still, the fact that they did it um, really you know stood out. A lot of the defensive guys that they got to could easily make their mark on the team. A lot of versatility. You know, I'm excited to see how it all comes together because I think we have talked about plenty about like, how will the Packers look under the He's had to, right. to thread this needle um, in a very specific way. And now it's a blank slate, clean slate. You're essentially outside of Aaron Jones and what you have on the offensive line. Actually, let's, before I finish that point, were you surprised there were no offensive linemen taken?
3: No. I think that the the quote unquote need for offensive linemen was like a projected, like feigned need. I think they have a deep um, offensive line group right now, and the only reason I would have taken a tackle is if I if, I, if I'm Goody is if I assume I'm trading um, David Bakhtiari middle of the season, and even then, they're not really competing this year for anything significant. So, if they end up do trading David Bakhtiari middle of the season. Um, for picks or for wh- whatever it may be, then I can go in next year and grab a, t- grab a tackle as well. So um, I'm just going to say they they have two first-round picks next year because Rodgers is hopefully playing more than 65% of the snaps um, in New York, barring some sort of catastrophic injury. So they'll have two shots at a pretty great player next year if they do need to go tackle or some other linemen um, next year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Goody mentioned, too, after the draft that they already felt like it was competitive enough. Yeah, um, I agree. And that's certainly... Uh, yeah, we both agree on that part. I think for my end, you'd still want to see some stability, but that could easily be addressed if someone takes a leap or mm-hmm. it could easily be as just Zach Tom getting more snaps. Like it, The solutions are within that with the players that they have. Um. And they have some guys that, like, I totally forgot that they drafted Rasheed Walker, who was kind of looked at as a, you know, solid offensive lineman, if not, you know, a a starter level last year. But, like, Caleb Jones, um, I'm forgetting another, like, kind of undrafted guys that they picked up throughout the season or before then. Um, But, yeah, that was maybe the biggest biggest, uh, position group that wasn't addressed. But I certainly – Think the thinking is very valid of why they did not. Yeah, it's do a
3: that. a nitpicky sort of um, yeah criticism of the draft. I don't think that they needed a tackle or an offensive lineman at all. So awesome! That does it for us, folks. Time for some promos. As always, we hope you're listening to this podcast on Repod. We do a whole bunch of discussion over there, um, just talking with the community as well as. Um, just building up our listener minutes over there. So um, Repod has a native player that you can listen to there and build a community with us with Talk of the Tundra as well as all the other GSPN shows. So go check it out. uh slash Talk of the Tundra if you want to go over there. Um, and Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder released a Make Time for this episode uh, this week on Rye Lane, a rom-com that you need to go watch right now, according to their title. Um, as well as um, looking through jo- John Mulaney's um, stand-up special. I'm um, trying to think who else. The checkout Cruising for a Bruising with also Andrew and Adam. They'll be doing um, a recap um, of the Angels Brewers series probably today, released on Monday when you're probably also listening to this. Um, so go check that out as they go for the series sweep. This is being recorded at 12.50 p.m. Central Standard Time, so the game is yet to throw first pitch, but... Hopefully they can get the sweep. I think it's—I uh, forget who's pitching today. Not that it matters, but <laughs>
2: Colin Ray.
3: Colin Ray, that's right. Um, so we'll see how that goes, and then obviously the Bucks feed. Go check it out with the set ending of the uh, the Bucks season. I know you and Adam will have a bunch of offseason content, and I'm sure uh, Ty and Rohan will have as much offseason content as you care to consume, given um, the premature departure of the Bucks from the playoffs. So. Um, that does it for us folks hope you enjoyed our coverage of the draft we'll be back um, either next week or whenever (laughs) uh, to talk about some of the other news happening in in Packers world so um, all right Jordan thank you appreciate it
2: thank you